Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans, and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Into the top 50 of the NRL Rewind top 100 NRL era players. Got Nom with me again. Nom, how are you? Very good, mate. Yourself? Good, good. I'm excited now. We're into the top 50. So, you know, we've talked about 50 great players of the NRL era, and we're talking about the 50 best, in my opinion. So we'll start with number 49. It's Matt Bowen. 270 NRL games, 130 NRL tries, 10 games for Queensland, two for Australia, and the one-time fullback of the year. So again, one of these players that the premiership is missing off the resume, but what Mango did, especially for those Cowboy sides, it was him and JT, the partner in crime, the Batman and Robin, and he was the perfect Robin. You couldn't have scripted a better player to be the second fiddle to a superstar half, in my opinion, in NRL history. What he did for Jundon, what he did for that Cowboy side in terms of igniting playmaking he was very crafty with the ball in hand sneakily very good defensively and being able to position himself at the back he was one of the most underrated fullbacks of the game yeah another one where you know there wasn't much of him but geez he was so good to watch wasn't he he was he had the pace he had the um the craftiness he had the ball playing um yeah he was uh i think you know him, he was just probably just one of the players that you know all the kids love to watch. Yeah, exactly right. This his speed. He had that first step acceleration better than anyone else. And again, thinking back to great memories, obviously that intercept of Brett Kamali in Origin to seal the game, hand up in there as he's running towards the try line, and then obviously you think about really how unlucky he was to miss out on 2015 in that Cowboys premiership. He was it was really close on the end. Lachlan Coop being the upgrade that he was that season probably helped Cowboys get over the line, but you really did, you know, if the Tigers won in 05, you couldn't have thought of a better team to win than the Cowboys that have JT and Bowen win that premiership in 05. Yeah, yeah, he, he deserved uh, a premiership to Cowboys, Bowl. what he's pretty much done up there. Yeah, and again, one, one of those players that right now, we think of the Kalen Pongas where, there would be the tempt- the temptation of moving from fullback into 5'8". Never really did that in the career. He just stayed at the number one and was lethal at it. So fantastic play. We'll move on to number 48. It's Ennis the Menace, Michael Ennis. 273 <laughs> NRL games, 36 NRL tries, eight games for New South Wales, one premiership, two-time hooker of the year. Mick Ennis, yes, some people would say he's a grub. He was a menace. He was <laughs> annoying. But what he did on the field, you look at all the pit stops that he made, he was an effective player and was able to, you know, again, one of these players got better with age. What he did at the Sharks to really push them and solidify them as the as the premiership winner in in um their their premiership season was outstanding. Yeah, you know, not people may, may like Michael Ennis, but uh, objectively, he had he was just one of the really good hookers in the game. I mean, you know, he kept. Um, Damon Cook out of Canterbury because you know um, at the time uh, McEnnis was killing it. He was um, repping for New South Wales, and then he came to the Sharks, and um, he was sort of that that last cog in a hooker role to um, yeah lift them to that premiership. Yeah, and he was at a time obviously Cameron Smith was there, but he was fighting Robbie Farah for the hooking spot for New South Wales to be the premier hooker there. And I thought you know Robbie Farah had the attacking spark that Michael Ennis didn't really have, but. I thought defensively as a leader and especially just the, the general IQ, Ennis did get robbed a little bit of time there, but he was fantastic. And again, 
you know, multiple stops throughout the career early on with the Broncos and the Knights, talking about how he finished at the Dogs and then the Sharks. It was just, yeah, fantastic stuff to watch. We'll move on to number 47. It's Corey Parker, CP13, the Supercoach Club, 247 NRL games, 1,329 NRL points, 19 games for Queensland, 13 for Australia, so we're in double digits for both, a premiership and one-time lock of the year. Corey Parker, again, one of those guys, Play the career 10 times. This is easily, I think, the best one that he he was, you know, coming through the grades and early on in the league, wasn't really anything to sniff at. What he finished the career, the Silver Fox, when he finished, he was fantastic. The way he was able to just own a game from the lock position, you know, make meters, make tackles, goal kick, one of the best accurate kickers in the game. He had it all. Yeah, massive workload. I mean, you know, everyone talks about him in super coach about offloading, but he just got through so much work on the field and, you know, um, super coach aside, um, he was just, yeah, one of the mainstays in the, in the Broncos there. Yeah, one of those true Broncos, you know, when we talk about the, the NRL era greats for the Broncos, he's got to be mentioned in that discussion. What he did for Queensland as well, having the 19 games there, came on pretty late in the career, but he was a fixture and a mainstay in those Queensland sides able to get those or those Australia games later on in the career as well, which is really handy for him. And again, when we talk about great clubs, you know, you think of, as we said throughout this thing, lots of Roosters, lots of Bulldogs, lots of Broncos. There's a reason why. And, you know, the great players motivate each other. And he was coming through. He had Lockyer, who was able to link up with him. You know, he had guys to pass on the outside too. You think of Justin Hodges, guys like that. Just an, an all-around great player and, um yeah, easily top 50, in my opinion. And, you know, th- th- there's arguments that he could go higher, but to me, I think this is a great slot for him. We're going to move on to number 46. It's Matt Cooper, 243 NRL games, 124 NRL tries, 13 games for New South Wales, six games for Australia, and the one premiership in 2010. Matt Cooper, aside from being the sexiest man in the league, was lethal. <laughs> um, you know, you think of that partnership, him and Gaznia, um, has there been a better, better center combo going at the same time? It's up for debate. It's right up there. But de- defensively, he was, you know, he was always touted as the best defense, defensive center in the game, but that takes away from his brilliance in attack. You know, 124 NRL tries, you don't fall over the line 124 times. He had one of the best little quick steps to get on the inside shoulder. He was able to get on the outside shoulder with the speed early on in his career. And close to the line, he was just a wrecking ball. He could really bite himself over. He was a complete all-around player. Oh, he would have been a nightmare to come up against in the centre position. Um, geez, he would, I'm not sure off the top of my head how many times centre of the year he would have got, but, you know, there, there was a period there in the late 2010s where, you know, he would easily come up as, if not the best top two centres in the game for, for a long period. Yeah, so the interesting thing, and that's why I think he's just such a fascinating case, he never won centre of the year, which is so surprising. Yeah, right. yeah ne- never won it, and... Again, there's a couple of things. He was his teammate, obviously outshone him. There was a couple of you know Justin Hodges years in there as well. There's some great centers going through the grade at that time. But again, I think he got really pigeonholed at a stage to go. Oh, defensively, Matt Cooper is none better. But I thought in attack, you know, there was there was years where him and Gaznia, there was a real discussion of who was the better center. And you know, when you've got greatness on the other side of your field and you're trying to out outmatch it game and game, training session, training session, it's fantastic. You know, so yeah, Matt Cooper was. Definitely underrated, and again, definitely earns a spot in the top uh, top fifty here. But we'll move on next. It's one of his former teammates, Trent Barrett, two hundred and fourteen NRL games, seventy NRL tries, 
11 games for New South Wales, 15 for Australia, so the double-double. Adali M in a one-time Friday of the year. Trent Barrett, again, the little bit before 98 that we have to exclude here, but what he did, especially from 98, basically going through to 2003, was one of the form, not only players in the NRL, but one of the form rep players. When he got when he put on the rep jersey, he made himself known. And that's I love when guys go into the Origin Arena and the Test Arena and just... You know, every player thinks they're the best, right? They've got to have that mentality. And Trent Barrett, I believe, thinks he's better than Andrew Johns. He thinks he's better than Darren Lockyer. And that's what I love about him. He got the most out of his career. Yeah. Um, I don't think he, unfortunately, he, um, or I guess, you know, we're talking about NRL, he didn't get a premiership, but he did get the Dallium of the year. And um, yeah, just um, he, he, when he did get to the uh, rep level, he, he did really turn up, didn't he? Yeah, he was, it was such a shame because, you know, I think back to that 2004, 5, 6 Dragon sides, some of my favourite sides to watch. They had a real chance to win a premiership there. Obviously, missed out on the 2010 side, but just an all another one of these all-round halves had a fantastic passing game. That bullet pass he was able to throw, and he was able to throw, you know, line balls at line at pace. He had a very cheeky kicking game. Didn't really, you know, he... I think he was a better player when he had a, a dominant half who was able to kick for him on the other side and then opened up his running game because he was one of the better runners, strong runner of the ball. Um, you know, for me, this is my that peak time where I was having discussions of, you know, Brad Fittler or Trent Barrett. There was a real discussion there in the early 2000s of, you know, when that what that was as a discussion. And, yeah, we talk about the career out of 10. I think this is one of the, one of the least. And we're talking about a guy who's got double-digit – uh, state and country matches. He's got a Dally M, a, you know, 200 games. I still think this is one of the, one of the worst 10 because to me, there was multiple premierships on the table for him. There was a chance to really look up that origin spot and, you know, have that for years and years. Um, still a fantastic career. The, the fact that it's one of your worst and you're in the top 45, it says something, but yeah, I wish yeah. that, um, and, you know, he's got the chance to coach and, you know, if we ever do a new version of this, does coaching come into it as well? We bring coaches in. He couldn't move his way up. But uh, yeah, I, I think that for what he got out of his career, uh, I wish there was more for him, but still, he still got a resume on there. Number 44 is Anthony Watmo. 303 NRL games, 14 games for New South Wales, 16 for Australia, the double-double. Two premierships, two-time second row of the year. So you asked me, Nom, for those great manly sides and they were great manly sides from about 07 to 12 in that, you know, five, six year span, the most underrated player in all those manly sides would be Anthony Watmo. His go forward, you know, as a Paramount fan, I was so happy to get him late in his career. Obviously the, the body gave up on him before he was able to really make an impact with Parramatta, but what he did for those manly sides and his aggression, he, the way he was able to cut ball forwards, he would be able to change games with his defense he was just to me an outstanding player, and you know, one of those really lost play. Like when you talk about players who made differences in their side, you know, he, he's probably the sixth or seventh or eighth mainly player, you know, mentioned in those sides, but he was so much more than that. Yeah, I think he was a bit underrated when you think of him, but you know, I loved it when he um, turned up in the Blues jersey. You know, that was a very tough period that he was playing for the Blues, but um, yeah, every time I saw Chocolatmo um, line up in the second row, I, I knew we were you know, a fighting chance. He's one of those classic, you love him, he's, he's on your team, and you absolutely hate him if yeah. he's not on your team. He's just one of those guys where you have to appreciate what he does. 
Um, he's in that, you know, for, if you're not a Manly fan, you hated those sides in the, you know, that that late 2000s, yeah. early 2010s, because just the excellence they brought and they were, you know, they weren't smug about it, but, you know, you can just tell that they were better than everyone else. And I thought Watmo is just a perfect camp, perfect picture of that because what he did in those sides, again, it's under the radar, but there was multiple man of the match performances. I can remember one game, of, oh, I can't remember the year, but at Parramatta Stadium, I was there with my dad and he absolutely wrecked us. He absolutely wrecked us. And I remember <laughs> saying to my dad, I'm like, if we ever get him, and obviously we know what happened there late in the career, but yeah, he was an absolute warrior. 303 NRL games, he got every single game out of that body. And yeah, like you said, tough times in New Wales, he still gave it 110%. He was able to make those Australian sides and, you know, be one of the best performers in there. And, you know, again, if you've got two premierships, two times you're the best uh, position player of your group, you know, it's a fantastic, fantastic career. Number 43 is Craig Gower. 212 NRL games, six games for New South Wales, 19 games for Australia. We'll come back to that. One premiership in 03, one-time hooker of the year. Craig Gower is one of those guys where I absolutely think that, you know, it's such a not... When you, when you think about it, Nom, six games for New South Wales, 19 for Australia. He was able to put on that, that Australia jersey 19 times. And there would be a lot of new NRL fans that don't really know much about Craig Gower other than that he was a halfback for that Panther side in 03. But he was such a field general. And the shame of it is they didn't give out the Dally M in 03. It was the, uh, mm. the player strike year. He would have won the Dally M in 03. It was him or Andrew Johns. 100%. But it probably would have gone to Craig Gower. And if that goes on the resume, bump him up a couple of spots. But I think right here where I've got him is bang on because... For those Panthers sides, you know, they went from, you know, one of the worst to the best. They were consistently from 03 to 06. They were in with a shot. The form did dip and he did got benched a couple of times late in the career. But again, 19 times played for Australia. They don't give away Australia jerseys. And that's the key to this. You know, if you get a rep jersey, there's a reason why you're getting it. He was underrated. He started as the hooker, obviously, went into the halves. He was able to, you know... Kicking game second and none. To me, Brent Sherwin and Craig Gower are probably the, my two of my favorite kicking games in the comp. 40-20s, bombs, grubbers, whatever it is. Yeah, to me, he was a leader. He was, you know, another one of these halves. There wasn't much of him, but yeah, he really put it to work. And defensively, you weren't going to pick him out. He was able to, you know, run, kick, pass, all of it. He was just the, the all-round halfback. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, when I think of Craig Gower, we talked about it, you know, in our G spot. He was what Scott Prince was to Tigers. I think this is what Craig Gower was to Panthers. Mm. It was, yeah, he was such a general. He really steered the team around the park and, um, yeah, instrumental for that, you know, 2013, um, 2003 charge for the Panthers. Yeah. And when we look back, you know, throughout the years of the NRL premiership winners, um, you know, the team, the year before, they're normally right around it or they're up and coming. You can see the seeds of it before they actually do get there. That was not the case with this 03 side. This 03 side was, you know, one of the worst in 02. You know, Martin Lang comes in um, and, you know, John Lang's there. You've got Reese Wesser at the back. You've got Luke Rooney, Luke Lewis. You've got a lot of young players. You've got a lot of guys who have had different stops. But I think just Craig Gower has just clicked for him in that year. And, yeah, it was fantastic, George, because he really solidified himself as one of the, one of the great halfbacks. And, you know... It's very easy to say, oh, yeah, give me Cronk, give me Joey, give me Thurston. But, a, you know, a smart man's, you know, 
under that next level is Craig Gower to me. But we'll move on to number 42. Ah, this is a this is a painful one, Don, because it could, <laughs> it could, it could have been higher, and it's Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Could have been. Num- number 42, 189 NRL games. That's where he's going to finish right now. He's gone to Rugby Union. He's got 20 games for New Zealand, one Dally M, one Golden Boot, one Premiership, two-time fullback of the year, one-time winger of the year. It's a it's a great resume, Nom, is it not? He's got the Dally M, he's got the Golden Boot, he's got a Premiership, he's got three cool. times three times best player of the position, two different positions. Roger is one of those guys that can put a team on the back. And we've all made jokes about when you go to the Warriors, you're cashing your paycheck <laughs> or you know, you're just going there to, you know, be mediocre. But he lifted those sides and, you know, he suffered a, you know, a torn ACL carrying the team on his back. He was able to come back even last season, you know, the last two years they were away from home. Um, he was still able to, you know, be the leader of that side. Didn't go home, stuck it out with the boys. Yes. He's gone back to rugby. And I think there's a lot of reasons as to why I think these last two years for any of these Warriors players has been really stressful, but coming through as a young winger at the Roosters, getting the premiership, moving over to the Warriors. And a lot of people said, why are you moving Roger? This is your chance to stay in this great side. But what he did when he did move over to the Warriors, he elevated his game. He got a Dally M. He got, a, he got a golden boot. He got two times the best fullback of the year. He just had an outstanding career. Again, probably the best case out of the career, 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10, if you don't include that, if you want to say the ACL injury is a, is a bit of a bummer there. But he, yeah, he was, I wish he was sticking around because realistically, there's a good six, seven years left in him. Like he could get that. He can get 300. He could have got 300 games. He could have got 40 games for New Zealand. You know, if he if he moved to a different club, maybe there's another premiership there for him. Maybe a Dally M. You know, if he stayed at the Warriors, there was a chance. You know, he was really getting a, a bit more ball playing in, in his uh, repertoire in those last two Warriors years. He was able to come into the line. But to me, the try-saving ability, the defensive effort from Roger Tulvasashek, he's just... It, it dis it really disappoints me because it was all there and I'm not gonna ha- you know the money was there his family options are there he made the right decision for him but selfishly as an NRL fan I just wish he was with us. Yeah, that's right. I don't think I can add too much to what you already said, but yeah, it is a crying shame that he's left us in the NRL. I mean, you know, he's he's got the, that step. You know, oh, you know, the, you go on YouTube those those highlight packages. Um, yeah, he, he had it all really, and um, yeah, I don't think there's an NRL fan that can really um, hate on Roger. He he's just a fantastic leader, and um, yeah, what he's done for New Zealand since he's uh, gone over there, he's um, yeah, really elevated them and um, elevated his game as well. Hundred percent. Two more in this little pod here, Nom. Number forty-one is Wendell Saylor, the Big Dell. One hundred and thirty-six NRL games, seventy-seven NRL tries, eleven for Queensland, fifteen for Australia, the double double, and two premierships. So Wendell had a little bit of time before 98 that we had to cancel out here. He obviously had a big scene in rugby, uh, but even though with those things, he was able to still just miss out on the top 40. He was one of those impactful wingers. He will talk about again, who changed the game in their position. Wingers weren't going to be carving the ball out of first, second tackle. They weren't making 20 meters on a kick return. That was Wendell. He did that um, big, strong, imposing didn't want, to, didn't want to run at him. Didn't want you to run at him. He just was a complete winger for what we'd think of in today's game. Yeah, I would not want to be running up, uh, lining up against Big Dell because, yeah, speed, yeah, power. He could finish a try and, um, 
you know, unfortunately, um, you know, a, a short NRL stint, I guess, given that he went to rugby union. But um, yeah, what he achieved while he was in the NRL, um, yeah, it was massive. Yeah, and again, um, if he was later on in his career, like if he was where it is now, uh, you know, with six agains and you know, some of the rules, he'd be an absolute menace. But he was able to really do the job for what he was able to, you know, be asked of early in the career. Yes, the union took a bit out of him. He was able to come back with the Dragons, be successful there as well. He was the total package. But we'll move on to number 40, the last man in this pod. It's Matt Scott, 268 NRL games. 22 games for Queensland, 22 for Australia, 2020. One premiership in 15 and one time front row of the year. Matt Scott was one of those guys, again, when you think about the 2015 um, Cowboy side, you think of Jonathan Thurston, of course, but the co-captain and the leader of that front row was Matt Scott. Yeah, you forget that he was co-captain of the Cowboys. Well, um, he was... Yeah, he was really huge for both Cowboys, but also Queensland as well. Like he did, he was such an enforcer. Him and I guess Big Pet as well. You know, um, those two pillars in those Queensland side. Geez, they were hard to um, handle. No, no footwork, no passing game to be threatened of. All he was was give me the ball. Let me cut it fifteen meters for you. I might give you a cheeky offload. I'll get you a quick play of the ball in defense. I'm not going to miss a tackle for you. Again, one of those players was fantastic at Clubland, went to the Origin Arena, went to the Test Arena, and was even better. And that's what I love about, love about Matt Scott. He was, you know, personified. You think about when it was Shane Webkey and Petro Sevenesiva for Queensland, and they're like, where is this two absolute greats leaving us? Where's the next front row going to come? And all of a sudden, Matt Scott just walks in and just does, you know, such a great job for them. And, yeah, for the Cowboys, brought professionalism, brought a leadership that, you know, him and James Tarmow, young James Tarmow at the Cowboys, was mm. an absolute force of a front row partnership. And yeah, to me, really, really underrated. Again, if you're going to, if you miss out on some of these props, you know, a Steve Price, a Petro, a Shane Webke that we're going to talk about later on as some of the greats, a great consolation prize is a Matt Scott to start your NRL era team. It's just, yeah, absolutely fantastic stuff. 100%. And we'll leave it there, Nom. We're into the top 30 now, so we're getting really close here. So what we'll do, we'll wrap this one up and we'll be back soon. So thanks for coming on, Nom. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll hear from you soon. Cheers.